So you tell your son or daughter, your room is a mess. It's a stinking mess, and I want you to clean it before you go outside. So they close the door, and you saw in there there was half-eaten pizza, there was a glass of soda with half of it in there. Just, it was disgusting. And in 15 minutes, they're all done. Okay, Mom, I'm done. Can I go out? And say, oh, yeah, sure, go out. And you, you look inside the room, and it's amazing. Until you look under the bed, and everything, everything is under that bed, even the half-eaten food. Technically, <laughs> they cleaned the room, at least uh, on the surface. Sure looked good but they didn't do, do it right at all, and actually it was disgusting the way they left it. The scriptures today look at things technically and then at the real meaning. And this first reading, this, this is just, um, it's a gem from Isaiah. Imagine taking a, a group of people that were so tied to the law and to little tiny little, you, you have to wash your hands if you touch this, and I mean just, 616 laws, I think it is, just incredible. Read Leviticus and Deuteronomy if you just want your head to spin all these rules and laws about all kinds of things. This was a juridical society. They just, they just hung to the law. And um, so the issue of fasting comes up, which was an important part of their laws and their, their, their way of living. And God says through Isaiah the prophet, um, he says, yeah, you, you fast, and then you carry out your own pursuits. Your fasting is supposed to be making you better, changing your mind and heart. But you fast, you carry out your own pursuits, you drive all your laborers, and your fast ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with a wicked claw. That's fasting? That helped you be a better person? Opened your spirit? And God says, hmm... Is this the manner of fasting I wish, of keeping a day of penance? That a man bow his head like a reed lying in sackcloth and ashes? You think that pleases me, just because you put sackcloth and ashes on? You think Ash Wednesday pleases God? <laughs> Does it please the priest? <laughs> it's, a, it's a long day of, of putting ashes on heads that you've never seen before and won't see for a year. So he says, do you call this a fast? Putting on sackcloth and ashes. Do you think this is acceptable to the Lord? And then goes into the most beautiful, all, it's almost like a hymn. It's so incredible. This, rather, let's look at it another way, not just technically, but let's look at it with the eyes of God. This is the fasting that I wish. Releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, not just not eating, but share your bread, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked. Shall I go on? This is a change of life, and not just your own, but those around you. This is loving. That's the fasting I want. I don't want you just to stop doing things or give up something, not eat. Do something important, like caring for those around you. Now, the gospel deals with fasting, too, but I've really never gotten this passage. You know, the Pharisees are questioning them, and at least in this particular passage, it doesn't show that they're trying to get him, but they probably were. 
technically, we have a question for you, Lord. Technically, we fast, but your disciples don't fast. Why don't they fast? They're breaking the law. And then Jesus says this, it's kind of strange. Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast. I suppose he's telling about his coming death. I suppose he's talking about appreciating that salvation is in their midst and, and, and they're reveling in that. Keep your eyes focused on that. But fasting, yeah, it's important, but there's something more important going on right now. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I think it's that. And that's a good thing to raise for them because unfortunately the scribes and Pharisees had right in front of their eyeballs, right in front of their eyeballs, they had Jesus the Christ and they couldn't recognize it. So, what does that mean for us? What do we do with our day and all of our relationships, really? Um, what if we spent an hour in prayer in this church, an hour in prayer, serious prayer, and then walked outside and saw someone near our car, would you get away from my car? How dare you get that close to my car? And you just spent an hour in prayer. Technically, we were very religious, but it didn't do anything. I remember, I'll never forget it, this is one of those things, um, 43, uh, 44 years ago, 45 years ago, uh, one of the guys that was uh, two years ahead of me in the seminary, very funny, very funny, in the music department with me. And I just finished playing the organ for the mass, and, and we just finished communion, and we're walking out, and, and the person in front of me, and as this guy, Art, was next to me, but the person in front of me was chatting with the person next to him when the guy stopped in front of me, banged into him accidentally. He didn't do it on purpose. And this guy turned around and said, will you watch where you're going? He's in the chapel. Would you watch where you're going, you stupid idiot? And Art said to him, the blood of Christ is still wet on your lips, and that's what you say? Technically, just received the Lord, but didn't seem to do too much to this person's spirit. They went viral, crazy. So today we... We get the chance to apply it to ourselves, you know. Technically, we're spending this wonderful half hour with the Lord in prayer, receiving Christ, eating and drinking of the Lord. So the question becomes, what does that mean to us? The bridegroom is with us. We're not fasting, we're feasting. We're feasting. What does it mean to receive the Lord and be transformed by God's loving presence. Let us stand and lift up our needs and prayers to God.